Hello and how are you? This is Alice coming to you from Total Health Academy where we talk about all things total health. So today we are going to talk about another disease and the disease itself is called Mycobacterium avium complex. I know that's a long name, Mycobacterium avium complex. In short, we call it MAC or M-A-C. So if I mention MAC or M-A-C, you just know that I'm talking about this bacteria. It is a slow-growing bacteria and is found in soil. It is found in the dust, even normal household dust. It is found in salt, salted waters, and fresh waters. So, I mean, the bacteria is everywhere. And when we breathe in, there is a chance that we actually breathe in this bacteria all the time. So, but now it is uh, related to the family of uh, TB or tuberculosis. But, so, it's in the same family. But it behaves different. It is a little bit different than TB in that it is not infectious. So the people who have it cannot transmit it. So that's a good thing in itself. But the bacteria is everywhere. So there is a chance that you probably most people have it in their lungs but it doesn't cause any problems. So let's see, for the people that are affected, why does it cause problems? So this bacteria, like I said, is not contagious, but it's related to the TB um, bacteria. Now, the germ is very, very, very common. It is found everywhere in the food, so we can swallow it. We can actually swallow it. Uh, it's in the water. Uh, it's in the soil, <laughs> it's in the dust, so we can breathe in or we can swallow it. So almost everybody has microbes in their body. I mean, we are covered with microbes on our, on our skin, on top of our skin, in every opening of our bodies. We have microbes in our mouth, we have microbes in our stomach, we have microbes in our lungs. It's part of the microbiome, and uh, these microbes don't cause problems for most people unless there's an imbalance between the good and the bad microbes. Uh, and actually, some of the microbes we call bad, and when I say microbes, I'm, I'm talking about germs. You know, germs are also called microbes. When they cause disease, they are called pathogens. So they, there you go. So anyway, like I was saying, we are covered everywhere. We have them in our mouth, in our nose, in our lungs, in our stomachs, and every other opening in our body. So, but for, so for most part, the, even the ones that we call bad, they actually are there to do a job. And most of the time, they are protective so whatever job they do in our body is to protect us from the disease-causing pathogens. So now, 
for some people, um, people who have a, a strong immune system, this bacteria does not cause any problem. But uh, for people who have a weak immune system, say it may be because of HIV, AIDS, or if they have another disease that, you know, they are already immunocompromised, maybe they have cancer, maybe they have a chronic lung disease, this, this bacteria can cause problems. So that's, so it's a kind of a, an opportunistic it is an opportunistic infection. That means it don't cause problems. It only causes problems when there is um, an open door, if I can call it that, <laughs> or an opportunity. So that's why we call it opportunistic infection. So for people who have HIV, when the CD4 count is lower than 50, this bacteria can start causing problems. So what is the CD4? CD4 count is the T helper cells. So the T helper cells are part of our immune system and they kind of help the immune system. They are helper cells. So they kind of help the immune system to fight harder and fight stronger. It, it, um, the T helper cells kind of um, infuse our, um, let's see, there is, um, I don't remember the name of this um, uh, white blood cell. I think it's the macrophages, but I, I'm not sure. Or the neutrophils. So it kind of energizes them. You know, when they are at war trying to find disease-causing microbes, the T helper cells comes and energizes them. So they can fight harder. They can fight for a longer time. And they can also do a better job. It also energizes the B cells. You know, the B cells are the ones that produce antibodies. So it kind of makes them produce better antibodies and fight stronger. So it's a helper. It's a T helper cell. And that's the one that the HIV virus likes to attack. So when the CD4 count goes below 50, that's when the opportunistic infections kind of start showing their ugly heads. But even for people who don't have HIV, you, they can be immune compromised because of something else, like say cancer, cancer treatments. Oh yes, those cause, they cause a lot of problems. Or the immune system could be just weak because of something else. So uh, the germs kind of settle. These germs can settle in the small airways. And sometimes they can cause holes in the, in the sacs, the airway sacs, the small airways. They're called alveoli. Uh, they can cause holes in them and cause damage to the lung tissue. When this happens, this disease is called Mac lung disease. Um, it can lead to wheezing and coughing that doesn't go away. You might even cover up blood or mucus and um, or sometimes feel like you can't catch your breath. And actually, for most people who have problems with this bacteria, 80% of the people, they have MAC infections in the lungs. 
but it can also affect the bones and it can affect many other, it can affect the stomach, uh, but mostly for most people, the lungs are the ones that are affected. So signs and symptoms of this disease. Um, if it only affects one part of the body, say the lungs or the bones or the intestine, then it's considered to be local or a local infection. It can also be a systemic infection. And that's when it's, 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 it's like spreading throughout the body and affecting many more organs, maybe two or three organs, or it can be in the blood. So at that point, we call it a disseminated infection. So if MAC goes all over the body, it can actually cause high fevers, chills. Um, so you can have low and high fevers alternating, and um, they come and go. Sometimes some people have night sweats, some people have belly pain, some people have diarrhea, some people feel uh, they lose their appetite, uh, so they don't feel hungry, and they lose weight without even trying. Um, they can be fatigued, they can feel extremely fatigued. But this usually happens when, you know, people are fighting an infection. It's part of the inflammatory system uh, to lose your appetite, uh, to have fevers, to feel extremely fatigued, because your body is, is at work, is fighting. There is war in the body. So uh, it can also cause uh, swollen lymph nodes. So the lymph nodes are part of um, the immune system. They are part of, um, they house the immune soldier cells, like the T cells and the B cells. Some of them hang out in the lymph nodes. So when the lymph nodes are getting swollen, it means there is a lot of activity going on there because that's where the immune soldier cells meet. Um, other cells that are trying to look for them, to give them information about the bacteria that is infecting the body, they will go there. So like the dendritic cells that color information. So they'll go in the lymph nodes trying to look for B cells and um, T cells to give them the information. So that's why the lymph nodes kind of swell up is because of the activity that's going on in there. Um, some other serious uh, symptoms that can affect a person when they have this condition, um, the blood may become infected uh, the liver may also become infected, causing hepatitis. Uh, if it affects just the lungs, it can cause pneumonia and because that's part of the inflammation. You know, inflammation is how our body tries to heal or to fight a pathogen. A pathogen is a disease-causing uh, germ. Uh, some people may have flu-like symptoms and some people may have like skin problems where they have ulcers at the bottom of their feet or they have poor wood healing. That's when, you know, you have a small cut and it doesn't heal properly. Diagnosis of this um, disease, most of the time, you will go to the doctor and uh, the doctor may do a few tests. 
uh, getting the right diagnosis is very, very important. So we can uh, figure out because this, this disease is kind of vague in its presentation. And so you will need a doctor who actually understands uh, what to look for. So an infectious disease doctor will be probably the best person to, to see. So they can do um, a physical exam and do the necessary tests to find uh, what the problem is. So if you don't get the correct diagnosis, it, it will be difficult to find to know what's aiding you. And without that, we can't even find the root cause. So it's so important. For me, when I help people find the root cause, I like I like it when they have an accurate diagnosis. Because an accurate diagnosis will always lead me to the area that I want to concentrate on to find the underlying root cause. So uh, the way we, we you know, because most people don't want treatment. Most people want to be healed. And if you don't have the correct diagnosis, you, healing is, it's going to be difficult, you know. So what does the doctor do? Uh, they get your blood. They might test your urine, even though, you know, urine usually doesn't have anything to do with um, this bacteria, but... If you go into the doctors with swollen lymph nodes, chills, fatigue, it's good to check everything to make sure that you don't have a urinary tract infection, that there's nothing there. But the blood work is really, really important. Uh, uh, sputum culture is also very important. Um, a CT scan of the lungs, maybe of the bones, depending on your symptoms, it might be helpful. Sometimes the doctors may do a bone marrow or a tissue biopsy, but this is these two are very invasive procedures. And um, for most part, especially with in today's technology, we probably don't need to do these invasive um, procedures, but discuss that with your doctor. In some rare cases, it might be indicated, but I would think... Uh, CT scan, uh, sputum culture, and blood work should be able to tell us if um, this is what you have. So you should be able to get a pretty accurate diagnosis because of that. Now, when they get the sputum cultures, those and the blood cultures also, they have to um, spend several weeks in the lab because they have to try and grow the bacteria in the lab and then check the culture and test it for this bacteria. So it might take a little while to get the diagnosis, but while you're waiting, your doctor may order other tests. Like, um, I don't know if I mentioned that with this condition in the signs and symptoms that some people may also have anemia. And that's why they feel fatigued because of the anemia. And the way the anemia presents itself is like anemia of chronic disease. So, but the doctor cannot just decide that without first checking and testing it. Because anemia is just a symptom. Uh, we need to know what's causing the anemia. So the doctor may have to do a few more tests 
to figure this out. So the type of anemia that you have. Uh, the doctor may also need to check um, your liver for liver disease and also do um, CT scan of the chest, like I said before, but they might also need to do one for the abdomen, especially for people who are having uh, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, you know, all that. So the doctor will need to do all this to see if they can see, um, if they can help them with the diagnosis. Uh, they might also check your lymph nodes, maybe a lymph node biopsy if they are swollen, uh, liver biopsy, and check also your spleen. Um, so these are organs of the immune system, the lymph nodes, like I said before, the liver. The liver has like 500 jobs, maybe over 500 jobs that it does for the body, and is very, very active when it comes to your immune system. So the liver is of a great concern when it comes to this disease. So they might also check your spring. So the spring is also involved in the immune system activities. That's where most of our B cells live. So they live in the liver. <laughs> and so when you have an infection, the liver becomes uh, the spring. I'm sorry. Did I say they live in the liver? No. The B cells live in the spleen. Some of them, some of them live in the spleen. Some of them live in the lymph nodes, um, and they become those two organs become very active because of the traffic when you have an infection. So, if they do take a biopsy, that is usually checked under a microscope to see if they 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 can see any abnormal abnormal cells. So treatment, if somebody has HIV, so they recommend that you take your antiretroviral drugs as ordered. Um, and then you may need to take two more antibiotics to, to treat this um, bacteria. So to fight uh, the, the MAC bacteria, you will probably get a combination of antibiotics um, and follow through with the treatment so that the bacteria does not become resistant to any one drug. So it's important to take the medication as the doctor has instructed. And depending on the severity of the infection um, and your immune, the status of your immune system, you may get, you know, two to at least two drugs. Um, and depending on how bad the infection is, then they decide whether what, what kind of antibiotics they're going to use. So there are several antibiotics that they can use. And they also treat people with the TB medicines like isoniazide, uh, Levampin, uh, Avelox, um, Amakine, uh, Bioxin, Cithromax, and many more. So there are many more choices, and your doctor can um, decide which one to use depending on uh, what's going on with your body, what you are allergic to, and all that. So once the infection is under control, uh, most of the time the doctor will switch to maintenance therapy. 
And uh, usually they require for people to take this drug, the antibiotic for at least 12 months. At least 12 months. So you see, it's a serious issue. And then, you know, to keep an eye on it. Because even though it has been treated with antibiotics and it can successfully be eradicated, this bacteria is in the air. And it's everywhere. So it can come back. Um, in some cases, the doctor may suggest removing part of the lung that is infected. So that is a surgical procedure. That is not something I would recommend, by the way. That I don't, personally, I don't think this will be the way to treat an infectious disease by removing the infected part. Um, with a bacteria like this that is in the air that most people probably are exposed to, but they don't get sick, we need to look at something else. And I'll tell you in just a minute what we need to look at. But first, before we go there, let's talk about the side effects of the medication because they are pretty serious. And some people may feel discouraged, but do not feel discouraged. If you're taking medication, discuss the side effects with your doctor and to see what can be done. So some of the side effects is feeling queasy in the stomach, uh, vomiting sometimes, diarrhea, abdominal pain. Now remember the bacteria itself can cause abdominal pain and the abdominal pain could also be a side effect of the treatment. Your eyes uh, might swell and the, you might have eye pain, light sensitivity, redness to the eyes, and blood fishing. So discuss these things with the doctor to see what can be done about, about that. Um, other side effects is rashes on the skin, itching, anemia. Now remember the disease can cause anemia by itself, but also the treatment can cause anemia. Uh, side effects of the medication uh, still continuing. Healing loss. Can you imagine that? A side effect of the medication, the antibiotic. Feeling numb to the feet. Headaches. Um, so those are not, these are serious uh, side effects. But do not stop taking the medication without telling your doctor. Always when you have side effects, go discuss them with the doctor. So with MAC drugs, um, you know, Antifungal medications may not work very well because, um, you know, or they might cause even more serious side effects if you're taking anything like antifungal medication. Birth control pills, they don't work very well. Blood thinning drugs, they don't work very well. So, but these are just stuff. I'm talking, uh, I'm just saying them, but your doctor should know this, but it's good for you to know as well. So if maybe the doctor doesn't ask you, you can always ask questions. So if you're on birth control pills, or if you need to take any antifungal medication for anything, or if you're on any blood thinners, always tell the doctor, that you are on these medications for this infectious disease 
And so the doctor is aware. Because some people, some people, they see more than one doctor. And it's always sometimes, you know, uh, the doctors are not discussing care. Maybe you see a specialist for something else over here. And you see your primary care doctor for other things over here. And the two doctors are not communicating. But you, because it's your body and you're the one who is receiving treatment, you need to stay on top of it. So if one doctor, for instance, the doctors may be uh, busy, maybe they don't know that you just got put on antibiotic for an extended period of time, uh, it is your job to always make sure that they know everything you're taking. So prevention of this uh, condition or this infectious disease, uh, because the MAC bacteria is so common, it is nearly impossible to avoid it. So the MAC germs are everywhere and you cannot avoid them. So now, but um, the way to deal with this condition is really, it's not avoiding the germ. I know we've been taught to be, you know, we've been taught to, to be af afraid of germs or to avoid them, you know. But that's not the way to deal with things, actually. Avoiding a germ is not the best way to deal with infectious diseases. Um, it's just not. Because your immune system will never be trained to be immune to the germ if you keep avoiding it. So that's not the way to do it. Um, but the way to handle this condition is to improve your immune system. So that's what should be done. Improve your immune system. Now, if you have this condition, the number one thing we need to know is what's going on in your life. Why is your immune system weak? Um, do, is it compromised because of something else? Or do you have an underlying lung disease? Uh, are you a smoker? Because for people who smoke, um, their lung uh, immune system is, is, is compromised. The, um, the macrophages, the alveolar macrophages in your lungs do not fight very well when you are a smoker. So if, if you smoke, maybe you live with a smoker, that can compromise your immune system. So we need to know what's going on. Uh, let's see. Now... Do you have a, an underlying lung disease like cystic fibrosis, construct, um, con, um, chronic obstructive lung disease, that is COPD? Do you have that? Um, if not, what is making your immune system weak? So that's the part that I can help you with. Because if your immune system is uh, boosted up, you can actually fight this disease naturally and it can be gone. And there are ways to do that. But before we, we can even start boosting the immune system, we need to know why it's not working properly. So that's the part that I can help you with. Um, I hope I have said something that can benefit you. And um, most people, when they hear that the immune system is weak, and that it needs to be boosted. They go out there, they buy vitamins, they start eating healthy. 
uh, they buy antioxidants, anything that they hear can boost your immune system. But actually, the immune system, um, yes, food can play a, a, a role in boosting your immune system. But when it comes to the immune system, maybe food only, like healthy food, maybe only affects 10%. Or may, maybe even less than 10% of your immune system. As you already know, probably, maybe you ha have had this, maybe you haven't. Man does not live on food alone. So there are other things that can affect your immune system. It can make them, it can make it weak and it has nothing to do with food. Absolutely nothing to do with food or vitamins. So that's the part that I would like to help you with. And uh, I can discuss with you the missing information, the information that we, we don't have from science. I can discuss that with you because science has a bright spot. Science only discusses things that it can, it can see. But there is so much about a human being that we cannot see. We cannot see it under an MRI. We cannot see it under a microscope. We cannot see it if we did a CT scan. And that is the part that I would like to discuss with you. Because that part actually can weaken your immune system. And you may not even know it. Or you might even not be able to connect the dots. You know? So that's the part I would like to help you with. If you want to get in touch with me. Facebook will be the best place. You know, if you're listening to this on my podcast, just go to Facebook and Google my name. I'm always posting things about health, um, especially from Total Health or from my books. So my name is Alice Monua. That is Alice is A-L-I-C-E. Monua is M-U-N-Y-U-A. And just Google me and inbox me. I check my Facebook like several times a day and I'll be able to see your message. If you're hearing this message on WhatsApp, you probably already have my number. But if you would like to email me, and I gotta warn you because I don't check my email every day. Once in a blue moon, I check it. You can email me at totalhealthglobal.com. 1962 at gmail.com. That is Total Health Global 1962 at gmail.com. Or you can email me at my old email, which is Alice Munya at hotmail.com. So maybe when I check in next week, I might be able to see your email. So um, I pray that I have said something that can help you. And if you want to know what makes the immune system weak besides food, uh, we can talk about that. If you just decide that you're going to go with food, um, say in something like functional medicine, well, you might not be able to get a hold of this problem because not everything is caused by food. So let's talk. Let me know if I can help you. And may God bless you.